Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wynum. Hope you all are having a great summer. Hockey and the informal workouts are actually already underway at MedStar Capitals Ice Pucks with a lot of guys skating. Uh, training camp is exactly a month away as we record this now. I think the first day of, of, of on ice is September 22nd. Uh, we are joined by uh, Sports Illustrated inside Maple Leafs, David Alter, uh, longtime Maple Leafs reporter. We're going to talk uh, some, some of that 17 playoff series. Uh, he obviously was aware of the World Junior and Canada's win, which I'm sure Carl is very happy with. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, and, 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 and not to bring up bad memories, Carl, but I, you got hurt in that series against the Maple Leafs against twenty seventeen. In, in We've talked about this plenty on, on, on this podcast, but do you have any positive memories from that series? <laughs> just just <laughs> that we won, <laughs> but other, otherwise, no. It was, yeah, it was brutal. I think it was a Roman Polak wrist shot from just like most harmless wrist shot from, from, the, from the top. And in the playoffs, you don't even think twice about blocking something. And I was just a dummy and decided to bat it down like this instead of maybe using yep. the other side of the glove with all the padding and it just blew my hand up it, it was a displacement fracture and it looked it literally looked like i had a golf ball in, indent on the inside of my hand and it just i don't even know if you can see it on camera but it just blew the bones out the back and it was halfway through the first period so it was awful and then it's one of those things where once you have an injury it's like a magnet like i was getting slashed while i was on the bench I mean, I remember Orlov slashed me one time. He was trying to raise himself from a hit, and the stick came and tomahawked me on top of the hand while I was just sitting there on the bench. And so I only ended up playing the first uh, two games of that series and then uh, sat there and watched the rest. But, man, was it unbelievable. I remember thinking, you know, because I got to actually pay attention during games there, the in-game ops in Toronto, especially during the playoffs, were phenomenal and the i think that was that yeah i think toronto had a new anthem singer that year too is a, a younger lady uh i think she's still singing now i i hope they they she is but they are looking for someone new i think she's not doing it full-time anymore because she's also a part-time actor and got some roles so so she's go. jumping on between both of those and I remember hearing something about it because the Leafs put out a, a thing on their Twitter for that they're looking for a new anthem singer, and so everyone got up in arms. So she had to make did, some sort did of. Did you did you audition? <laughs> I did not audition. Uh, I, I, I like I know you see my karaoke skills, but um, it's not something I, I want to do. Uh, reporting slash uh, dual role anthem singer. I don't think that would ever be possible. More. What I want to put myself out. Yeah, there. well, Alter, I, I'm actually I'm, I'm curious because we're, Carl and I are used to like the in-game Capitals kind of like presentation and all that. As an outsider who watches a lot of games in Toronto, and you've been to almost every rink in the league, I'm sure. Where's where, where does the Capitals yep. kind of a whole kind of presentation fit? 
I, I love it. Like uh, the the crowd gets really loud. I love the crowd participation in those games. It's it's right up there with a lot of them. Um, I I like what they do for the pregame. It's very cinematic. Carl just um, Carl just wishes the one I, between overtime regulation and overtime was better. But other than that. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't remember what. It's, it's not hyped exactly. enough for for Carl to get the crowd into it. No, it's it's ele- it's the elevator music soundtrack that just goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, like it depends. Is that is that like yes. during the playoffs? Yeah, we're talking we're talking playoffs well. now. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny, Carl. You were mentioning uh like Roman Polak, um, like and you getting hurt. Roman Polak got hurt in that series too. I believe yeah. it was game two. I think he blocked the shot or something happened, but he was out like yeah. right away. And then the Leafs were down to five defensemen for that crazy overtime uh, that uh, that took. I think it was the longest Leaf overtime in, in recent memory. It was it was quite yeah. a while. Was that that was that wasn't the time when he got hit in the boards and like like tore everything in his leg and it, it might have been i can't remember the exact nature of the injury but i remember after the game mike babcock was like yeah he's gonna be out for a very long time and that, in the playoffs when there's something like that in someone's way you know you're not trying to disclose everything yeah but there, there, there was not even a chance he was going to try to come back in the playoffs and, and and work through all the injuries you guys work through so um yeah i remember it was pretty severe i can't remember the exact nature of it but uh, yeah yeah, his I, career, I don't think, was the same after that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was a pretty big, pretty bad leg injury, multiple injuries in in the one play. But yeah, the, I I remember that that series was just it was so much fun because there was so much hype in the city of Toronto. The team was like kind of, I I think that there was a lot of thought that they that the Leafs could, uh, you know, sneak sneak away with a, a win in that series. And obviously, we didn't think that, but there was definitely that possibility because the team was really starting to catch fire and. And what do you guys call it out there? Is it Jurassic Park or is that's that the, the Raptors? Raptors oh, yeah, thing? that's so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when it's when the Raptors are playing in that outdoor square outside the arena, it's Jurassic Park, and um, and then it's I Maple Leaf Square. I mean, right? Like, it's... yeah, Maple Leaf Square is the is the official name for it, but they they would call it Jurassic Park when the Raptors the forest. Were... We can call it the, <laughs> the forest. The, the forest, yeah, yeah. and then. Um, uh, yeah, during the pandemic, it was tough because the Leafs from the playoffs there, and, and they're, people wanted to do some sort of viewing party for. Actually, the Raptors were as well for both of those, and um, they could just never kind of get it going in that regard. My so my, 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 Alter, my favorite memory of that series is Wilson's overtime goal and and the the, the radio call, obviously, of Tom Wilson of all people. That is my that is my enduring <laughs> memory of, of of that series. Yeah, well, Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah, I mean, the history goes back. And my favorite thing when 2018, when he when he won the cup, he actually brought it to right near where I am right now, like at Young and Eglinton in the Midtown area, which is where he kind of grew up. So um, it's kind of funny, like when you see how much hatred Leaf fans have for him. But then I saw him in the community here, and then people were just loving it. It's 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 so different when you like you're out there as the hockey player, the person in the community versus the 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 opposition, the the guy who's the the thorn in everyone's side, like Tom Wilson can be. So um, it's uh, Tom Wilson. You know, it's it's interesting because it's not just a Leaf issue. Like he gets under the skin of everybody. There's the you know he's got the the issue with the Penguins as well. There he's got, and, he's got a little um, bit issue with the Rangers and, and some other some other teams too. The Rangers, the Rangers was the big one where that's where he. Did oh, the no, that was oh, that was the Panarin thing the too. Yeah. Oh right, right. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, yeah. So I mean, it's um, 
it's interesting. But, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about the Leafs and and what they might be missing. It's guys like Tom Wilson that, that like, a lot of people point to as, you know, there's that that skilled, edgy player that that maybe, some, like, someone like that could help the Leafs. They, they just really haven't had that type of player. And when people look at Toronto's lack of ability to get past the first round, that's the type of player that a lot of people feel that Toronto is missing. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to find them, right? That's yeah. why so few teams have them. So when you when you can scoop one up, you you try and scoop well, them look, up right away. You know that's why there's such a high price for for Kachuk. You know going to uh, going to Florida. That's what why Tom commands what he commands. Josh Anderson, the the contract he gets. You know those guys are just so few and far between and. And they typically are a tale of two different people, right, on the ice and off the ice. You, know, you yeah. see it with, with Tom there. And, yeah, there, I think there's a few – There's you know, there's a piece or two missing with that team. But what I'm – I actually – I mean, this isn't Caps-related at all, but I'm just curious because he's kind of a – it's an interesting interesting situation. But I, I'd love to hear your take on on John Tavares and, you know, what, what the – what the deal is with him there and you know how the contract is shaping up and what what are what are people you know the boots on the ground thinking of of John Tavares right now yeah I mean look he, he was the focal point of a lot of criticism especially toward the end of the season when there wasn't a lot of points being put up and when anyone's making 11 million dollars and you're a four you're expected to put up points it doesn't matter all of the other two-way and defensive stuff that you're doing that's that's going to be a big focal point. So, you know, there was there was that talk this summer. We had a chance to see him um, at at, um, at Mitch Marner's thing, and he was talking about trying to increase his foot speed because he knows he's getting older and he has to adjust and, and adapt. And it, it's it's getting harder and harder as as I'm sure you're well known. Like as as younger guys get in there to try and keep up, it's it's getting more skilled. It's getting faster. And once you start to hit that early 30s, there's a lot of different things you kind of have to do to kind of stick around, uh, stay stay with it. And and in John Tavares' case, this is going to be a really big year to see if he can still be that dynamic point-producing center. Otherwise, you know, there was that one experiment during the bubble in Game 5 where they threw him up on the wing. And uh, it, was, it, it was ill-fated because they didn't try it at all. Uh, in the bubble, and they decided, you know what, game five, let's give it a go. They have a defenseman. Yeah, there was, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it, it didn't work out well. But, you know, at that point, when you're going to have to start adjusting your game, maybe they try and go on the wing. And no one's set, no one's from management to said anything, but the Leafs are rich of centers right now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got Alex Kerfoot. They just brought in Callie Yarncroke. They've got a lot of centers and David Camp, who's a shutdown guy, that if needed, maybe that's what they start doing. If all their centers are healthy and they need to get more out of John Tavares, getting him into some shifts on the wing might be the way to go in, in order to make sure that the Leafs are effective with him because that that is a big contract. And just defending his two-way play and how good he is there is probably not enough for what you're expecting out of an $11 million player. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to, you know, to move a contract like that. Most likely, no. <laughs> someone needs to get to the cap floor. But it, it's a good point. You know, you can hide, you can hide a player that has not great foot speed on the wing. You know, they can they can crash and bang in front. And you know, he's he's one of the best at just you know, just pure goal scoring from top of the circle. In you know, like he's it's not a guy that goes top corner every time. He finds the gap and he knows where to put the puck. So yeah, you get him just in the positions and don't have to worry about getting up and down the ice as much. I think that would help. And 
But another thing that's interesting about foot speed too, like we had a, we had a um, uh, skills coach from BC, John Calvano on, and he was saying just the difference in ways guys are training now, you know, like I remember I was always taught, you know, a nice long, you know, powerful stride is, is the way to go. And now you watch these guys skate up the ice and it's, it's crossover, 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 maybe mix in a, a stride here and there, but the way guys are skating is just so different and it's hard to reteach that, you know, once you've, once you've kind of been in that groove for so long and, and, and Tavares is kind of that guy too. He's, he's got those, you know, maybe longer, powerful, more powerful strides and not so much the, uh, the quick side to side, like you would see from a, from a McDavid or a Barzell and stuff. So it, it's hard, you know, he, hopefully he can do it. And I think he has, he has a work ethic to do it, but it's, it's a hard transition to make. And, and if he can't quite get there, I think you're right. Hide him on the wing, you know, let him, let him kind of stick to his side up and down the ice and, and, and be in front of the net and, you know, get off when you can get off. Cause it sucks being caught out there when you, you're already not the most, uh, you know, graceful skater, I guess you could say it's, it's, it's a hard position to be in. Yeah, and the Leafs spend more than anybody else when it comes to uh, assistance in terms of skills coaches, skating coaches. And, yeah. you know, they did have someone named Barb Underhill around yeah, for a great. while who was, yeah, uh, yeah, who was really helping with that. But she's been gone in the last year. I know she still retains some clients. I'm not sure if she's making shots. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's just going to be a constant study. You're constantly figuring out what works and what doesn't and looking at tape and seeing where you kind of gone wrong and, and looking for that edge and playing smart instead of playing as hard as you did before, because as you get older, playing smart becomes the most yeah, important. I, I thing. could be wrong, but I think Barb Underhill also worked with uh, new capitals uh, forward Dylan Strome. Uh, we're going to see how, how kind of his skating holds up in the center on the wing. Uh, when we come back on all caps, I, I want to bring up Austin Matthews and kind of maybe him eventually chasing down Alex Ovechkin, some more capitals, and Leafs comparisons and we'll talk a little World Junior before David Alter becomes the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions a little bit later you ready showtime on May 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps, former Capitals defenseman and childhood Maple Leafs fan Carl Osner. I'm AP Hack writer Steve Weiner. We're joined by longtime Leafs reporter, uh, now inside Leafs for Sports Illustrated Media Group's David Alter. Uh, we'll have some a little more kind of Leafs-Caps crossover conversation. And I, I, the first question, the thing I want to bring up, and I always think out all the time, is the Leafs feel like the Capitals so much to me in the kind of getting to the playoffs. But the Capitals won a playoff round. Like, Carl, you guys like won rounds and then got stopped. It was like the Penguins or whatever. The Leafs haven't won anything. And, and I'm curious from both of your guys' thoughts, what do the Leafs need to do to do what the Capitals did? That's, 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 that's my vague, basic question. Yeah, I mean, David, go ahead. You, can, you, you, see, you watch them more than I do, so go right ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, look, we we talked about in the previous segment with someone like a Tom Wilson. Like, I don't think sure. they have enough skilled assholes on this team. Like, I really think that's like the 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 one thing that's missing. It looks like they've got a lot of other pieces. This Cal Youngcrow uh, player looks like a player that they haven't really had, nice but they've committed to for a long for a long time. That could be that guy, but again, that's kind of going to be in a middle bit of a middle six role. Um, so, so it's tough to say, but. Yeah, I mean, killer instinct is the cliche word that everyone keeps talking about with the Maple Leafs. That they 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 try to do everything and they they get everything done, but then when it, when it comes down to that final moment for one reason or another, they can't get the job done. And you know, a lot of slack was taken off them this year because it was the Lightning, and you know they they had some bad penalty calls, and then you know Austin Matthews, you know, game six of overtime hits the post. There's so many different things that were like that close to actually changing their fate and they didn't get the job done. And, but that, you know, it doesn't matter. Like they just didn't get the job done. And um, I I think a lot of people kind of seem too okay with it. And um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to make them angry enough to kind of get over the hump against Montreal. They really should have been angry enough, but uh, they didn't get the job done. And so I, I think it's the personnel in terms of getting those type of players that we mentioned before as as what they need. And I don't know if they have enough of that to, to get over the hump. Yeah. My, my thoughts on on it are, are this. I've, I've talked to a lot of guys about what the difference is. You know, you have had good teams for lots of years. What's the difference between those years and the year that you win? And what I keep hearing is matchups. They get the right matchup, sure. you know, instead of having to play Tampa you get to play a team that you, they just always feel good against, you know, like for, for, for me, while I was with the caps, it was Tampa. I loved playing Tampa and we all right. did. We thought it was awesome. And we, we won almost every single time we played them. So, you know, you get that matchup that that's great. The other thing is, is for sure puck luck. They say that all the time. They're like, we got bounces where we normally wouldn't, we didn't hit those posts and out. it was posted in. And that's not a whole lot you can really do. Right. But then the other thing is, is having, Obviously, your top players be the best. Everyone said Ovi, Kuzi, the best they had ever seen them play in the playoffs For those sure. two years. And and that's on those top guys, right? H- having them get to that next level. I saw Sid do it to to us many, many years. He he takes it to a different level. And and when you're the best player in the world, then, then no one else can match you. Um, so I think that's huge. But also, like, secondary scoring. You know, Devontae Smith-Pelly, how many goals did he have? In the, in the Caps, seven, run they, seven, seven goals, wow. seven goals, right? Then you have a guy like Lars Eller, you know, the, these guys that are playing third and fourth line minutes that that find a way to to get to a different level. They become they become second line players, you know. And when you can have when you can have a, a lineup full of second line or better players, or at least playing that way, that's that's what gets you there. And right, and so ha- I'd say half of it is on the players, and half of it is on just you know, luck, match, match up and, and, and bounces. So it's hard to get them to marry, but, but once they do, then you get there. But I think that the Leafs to me seem like a team, you know, why like you said, like the caps, they just need to taste the second round <laughs> and then yeah. it'll be like just a renewed sense of excitement. You know, it's like, Holy smokes, we did it. Now we can win. That's, that's what it seems to be like, you know, and, and you still have three more rounds versus with the caps having to only go two more rounds, but still that's sometimes that's all you need when you have, as many good players as they do. 
Still, there's been so much playoff disappointment, and, and we talked about. But we, but we were yeah. used to that. Like that—that that was what yeah. DC was like for so long. But I think the, right. I think the anger always stayed, and the organization was willing to like change over GM, change over coach, and there hasn't been those kind of changes in Toronto, which I think from the outside is where we're looking like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, well, and look, after what happened in Montreal when they were heavily favored and there was really no excuse for them to lose that series, and they did, you know, there there was a lot of criticism to the point where myself included thought there were going to be no excuses, even against Tampa, that you either get it done or there's got to be some sort of change, and it didn't. Well, they've, and, they've and, found excuses. And, and, and that, to me, that to me is probably the most concerning thing because I don't know if there's enough of an edge because if you feel like, okay, we've got to get it done. One other takeaway. I remember Bob McKenzie talking on radio during the season when the Leafs were struggling against some of the teams at the bottom of the standings like Buffalo and Montreal. And uh, he mentioned that there was a team meeting with the leadership group that they wanted to bring these concerns to them. And they really kind of shrugged it off and said, don't worry when it comes time to deliver, we will. And they did. Yeah. And yeah. so, so I mean, that's how do, how do you as a coach and as a management team discipline that? I don't know. And that, that to me is the, the biggest concern with what's happening right now because it just if you're just going to go like this, it, it could be the Caps. They could finally do it. But it, the, the opposite could happen as well. And for a team that hasn't really won anything since 67, the fan base and multi-generations <laughs> – it's tough not to be jaded in that regard. But the younger fans seem to be okay with what happened, and that's what I'm kind of still scratching my head around. Yeah, real quick, I, I want to get to World Junior, but I, I want to ask, uh, we're all talking about Alex Ovechkin chasing down Wayne Gretzky. How many goals does he have to score so that Austin Matthews doesn't catch him eventually? <laughs> like, is, 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 is 895 enough? Because is, can Austin Matthews get to 896? Look, I'll... So I, I, Austin Matthews has had some some injury issues already, right? Wrist. Yes stuff i believe right yeah Al, i mean alex has had stuff going on with his back but i don't no, nothing has ever been you know surgery worthy right it's always just kind of been some somewhere in tear and i mean he's a, he's a big guy and that happens um it, it for, for what ovi's his consistency i think matthews has that for you know a long time but Ovi's barely missed any games he's True. had to deal with with some lockouts and covid and, and stuff pandemic, like right, that yeah. same as matthews um, so he's had that, but like to stay that healthy and that consistent sure. is extremely hard to do. That would be my only worry with Matthews, you know, not being able to get there. I think he's, I think he's a good enough goal scorer to get there. Absolutely. But, but it, it's just so hard to, to be able to do that over that long of a, of a stretch. And, and maybe he has that desire to get there. Maybe he needs to get to, you know, 500 goals to really be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm 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 gonna play as long as I can to get there, but the body's got to agree with you. So, I mean, I I think just being able to beat Gretzky is is pretty damn good. So it's hard to say, but that's that'd be my my thing is I'm not sure he's gonna be able to stay healthy enough. Well, look, I I didn't think that Ovechkin was gonna come anywhere near those records earlier in his career. I mean, he missed the first chance to play in the NHL due to the lockout. There were a lot of things going up against him as well, and then. Um, it, the, the game changed in his favor. That's really what happened, right? Like the game kind of changed right after More that. Power play goal, it allowed, sure. yeah. yeah, and, and it, it allowed for someone like that to excel. And so, I mean, with Austin Matthews, it's going to matter on his health, but it's also going to matter how he, both he and the game develops between now and then. Because 
as we've seen now, 15 years in the NHL, the game can change so much. So many different things can be a focal point that either opens it up or closes it down. And, and I think that's really the real wild card in all of this. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I'd I also don't wonder how, we also know how long he wants to play. Yeah, and how long he wants to play. But also, I, I'd say his his game is is evolving. Also, you know, he he's not he's not just a pure goal scorer. You know, like Ovi is just a pure goal scorer. But but Matthews, I think his game is is a little bit more well rounded now too. With his the way he's playing defense, he's putting a little bit more emphasis on being back there. And it's hard to get up and down the ice and then think about scoring goals too. So you know, it, it depends on what the team's going to ask of him. I think he has a bigger role. Uh, in that sense, than than Ovi does, you know, he he's relied on a little bit more to do the all around game. So that that might end up slowing him down at some point too. But I think hopefully for for all of our sake, I hope he continues to score because it's fun to watch. Whenever anyone can hunt down a record, I think it's fun to watch. And of all the players playing right now, he's definitely the guy that could that could push for it for sure. Uh, well, uh, for yeah, no, no I was just say one, one one quick quick thing. Are you paying attention to, to, to the World Juniors? Uh, alter uh, Canada wins on, on the crazy save by, by Mason McTavish uh, and as we were talking about a little off the air that was a Leafs prospect of course who was going to score the goal uh, just your guys thoughts on, on, on Canada winning uh, winning a world junior goal in the middle of August yeah I mean uh, first of all the middle of August it was painful to watch these games with no fans in there and it, just the fact that it was summer games it kind of reminded me of of the pandemic and why it was happening and and with everything going on with hockey canada it just kind of felt like a why is this happening kind of uh tournament for for the first week in it or so but it got exciting in in the knockout games as these things usually do and um you know canada had established i felt good for dave cameron because he was part of that 2011 yep. team that really had that disappointment in buffalo when they were up three nothing and ended up losing five three so I mean, it was it was nice little redemption for them and for him. Uh, but um, as far as the Leaf prospects go, I mean, look, there was Matthew Nyes, there was um, a couple of Finnish guys, and Topi Nimala, who was the guy who thought he was going to have the game-winning uh, goal there, having it taken away by Mason McTavish. It was uh, still that that goal is forever going to be the reason why we talk about that tournament. And I guess if there was any justification for why that tournament happened, it was that goal because I, no one can still believe how Mason McTavish was able to twice keep that puck away from crossing the line. Yeah, that was wild. That that that'll be talked about more than more than the goal itself. You know, that's going to kind of take over take over the tournament, in my opinion. That's just just. To be able to be be in the position and to actually make the play, like it's it's insane. But yeah, I agree with you. The tournament was weird. You know, I, I had it on in the background of the house a lot, but it just didn't seem it didn't have the right feeling. You know, I, I, who no one really wants to stop chocolate. Where, 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 where it's too, too warm. It's warm outside. It's it's not all that interesting. So I thought it was okay. But but what was interesting is just to see see some of the players out there. Right? It was. Like this one guy, Logan Stankovin, one of the Canadians. I think he's a Western Canadian guy as well. And yeah, he, man, he looked so good. So there, there, it just that that's what I like the most is seeing where the prospects are and 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 some of the talent. It was, it was upsetting that the U.S. didn't didn't get into the at least the the semis there to to push for and not having Russia too. It was all around. It was just a weird tournament, but. But a gold's a gold, and and I'm definitely happy that I had a on that. But yeah, it's just didn't have the same feel. In a couple of- yeah, it, it, it'll be one of those things where we'll remember it for the goal, I think, at that point. And that's that's really what this was about, right? Getting it in for those guys, getting the tournament in, not having the skip of a year. And 
and uh, I guess my money kind of dictates it too because they did have a good attendance for that final game. If Canada did not advance or didn't get to that final, I think the tournament would have been a disaster for the city of Edmonton. But uh, they managed to got to get something of it, and um, yeah, uh, I'm just glad that that proper regular season hockey is around the corner since September. Yeah, it's, it's hard enough trying to talk hockey in, in, in August, but watching hockey in August is a whole different thing. Uh, when we come back on All's Caps, David Alter will be the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alster and uh, inside Maple Leafs, David Alter, I'm AP Hockey Steve Wynum. And now Alter gets to be the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay, I got my six questions here. Uh, a couple of repeats because I kind of like them and I'm, and I'm curious uh, uh, how, how everybody else feels about them as well. But my, my, my first one for you is um, if you could time travel to any time, it could be, you know, past or it could be in the future. Well, when do you think you would go? I would go to the future only because I've, I'm such a huge tech nerd. And uh, as much as people yes, hate tech and, and being attentive to all that kind of stuff, I feel like I was always behind when it came to learning new things. And I'm learning more now by watching YouTube because it I, it's a better visual experience for me than when I went to school and I had to learn anything through a textbook or through anything of that nature. Just having that 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 visual ability to learn and then if virtual reality becomes a, a ubiquitous thing in 10 years where you can just pop on a headphone uh, on a headset and and be doing what you were doing on the ice or or, or or replicating that experience to be able to learn that way is, is something i love and for that reason alone i find that as we as i get older i'm actually evolving and learning new things because of the way technology is going that i would I wish I could be ten or twenty years more advanced based on that. It, and you know what? It's actually a, it's a great answer because I've been thinking about this a lot with with school actually starting up today for our two older kids, um, and and listening to people say like the, the kids have all this stimulation all day long, you know, however they want iPads, TV, just you know the way the billboards are and stuff like that, and then they go into class and they sit there and they read textbooks or they see on a chalkboard dry erase board and, and and that's how they're learning it's like they're going from up here all day long and then they had to got to go to class and it's brought back down there it's like this is the world that we live in now you know like we got to start teaching that way and and the kids are going to learn you know way different and i think way more but you know i'm that that's <laughs> that's a different conversation but anyways it was a perfect answer that that hits home bonus points for that one so great, perfect great work <laughs> um Okay, you know, being in Canada, this is this is nice. Um, a hockey saying that you just hate, something that frustrates you, the way the way maybe some Americans say certain things. Oh, or uh, you know what? You <laughs> so, so I I played hockey at a double A level, not nearly anywhere near you did, but like I was a goalie and I hated a lot of hockey slang. And I think yeah. goalies kind of feel like they're different members on the team where they don't necessarily join in on the same stuff and. You know, I, I never liked the term Selly 
and, and like all the all the hockey all the hockey forms with ease at the end of stuff. I just I never could get into it. I've never had a hockey like a, a real hockey nickname for that reason or nothing that really stuck except for like alts. But like um, other than that, <laughs> yeah, like I just I, I, I could I. I love everything about the game, but the the sellies that people use are, are the short forms. I just kind of I just shake my head to it, and I just don't know why it's always the same everywhere, and how people don't think it's corny. Uh, I just I really don't understand how that just kind of stuck around, even in multiple decades and generations. It's still there, and I I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I shouldn't dislike it as much as I do, but for some reason I just shake my head at it. <laughs> That's the second answer of Selly as, as the answer to this, by the way. Yeah. Oh, Selly. really? Okay. Yeah. Right. I, okay. I mean, fair enough. I, I get that. Um, I We have a very similar last name, so I was in a similar boat as you with... Uh, it was it was tough to find a good a good nickname. I had all... No one's calling you Alzni? We, we had we had <laughs> Alzi, no N, but actually, you know what? Growing yeah. up, my name was always Al. Everyone just called me Al all the time. Perfect. And so I kind of liked it and then it just, it just disappeared come, come junior. So it's uh yeah, it, I, I understand that. Sally. Yeah, I, I could see it. It's a bit, it's a bit weird, but uh, it's also classic. It's our own language. It, it right? is classic. <laughs> That's why I, it will always be forever there. And I just kind of have to learn to live with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here. Um, this one's been bugging me because I was I was ha- sitting on hold for a while uh, with Apple uh, a couple days ago. So, uh, would you would you sit in traffic or sit waiting on hold? Uh, sit uh, on hold just because I could just pop on the Bluetooth headphones and walk around the place and do other things while I'm waiting. Where in the car you're just kind of stuck and. I mean, you can kind of do that illegally, uh, like in terms of like you're supposed to keep your eyes on the road, so you can't really do anything else. Um, but um, yeah, at least when you're at home, you can, you know, I popped on the toaster. I've done some other things. I put other audio on. I've found ways to just kind of notify myself and just kind of try to be productive. Whatever you can do to be productive while you have to deal with the annoyance. And to me, that's when you're at home, at least you could pop on the Bluetooth headphones and walk around. So that's my answer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when you're stuck in traffic, there's nothing else. You you can't get out of it. Yeah. If you're on hold, you can at least be moving around doing stuff. So I would say that it, that is the bonus there. Um, How long were you on hold the other day? I've been on hold multiple times for over 30 minutes trying okay. to figure some stuff out. And uh 30 minutes isn't that bad, but I was, I can't remember if we talked about this on here, but the time when I was dealing with my Apple TV and it took uh, two hours for us to, to figure out what the issue was. See, that's was, unacceptable. That was my, my problem with my Apple TV is it makes my TV flicker. I don't know if that was your issue. Oh, no, that, that's uh, not my no, issue. No, it <laughs> had to be a high dynamic range. My TV didn't like the video setting of the Apple TV but it's still every now and then it makes the image flicker for half a second. It's really annoying. So I use a different set top box to watch whatever. Oh, geez. My, mine was that our Harry Potter downloads were hidden for some reason. I'm not sure how it happened, but it said that we had purchased them, um, but we could not download them. And so it was just, you, you couldn't repurchase it, nothing. They were just on and our they, they may They may have lost the rights to it. It, it was... They, they they finally figured it out where they said that it was they just needed to unlock this folder and and oh. it was two hours of them messing around with that. But anyways, um, okay. Next question here is because uh, um, I'm on a diet right now, which is awesome. 
trying to get to try to fit into my suits come hockey season here. Um, so no desserts, but I'm curious, what, what, what was, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, um, you know what? It's, I grew up in a very European household where a lot of the traditional stuff was not available. So when I would go to a friend's house or birthday parties, traditional yellow birthday cake, that vanilla icing, yellow dough. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. My parents are like, are you, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm serious. I just love that traditional taste. When I was a kid, I had a McDonald's birthday party when they still used to do those. And then McDonald's birthday cake was amazing. So at least in Canada, I don't know if it was I don't, I don't remember McDonald's having a birthday cake. Yeah, in, in Canada, they used to have, like, you had a Ronald McDonald's face on it, and, uh, like in the middle with white icing and the yellow dough. And it was like, perfect. Traditional old school, I guess Betty Crocker, whatever you call it in the States, yellow cake, the birthday cake is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that hits home probably for a lot of people, hey? <laughs> it's perfect. And, and if anyone in the U.S. has had a Ronald McDonald birthday cake, please send us pictures, tweet us on about this, because I, that this is a, a whole revelation for me. It was 30 years. <laughs> it was like 33 years ago. So. Yeah, well, there better be a Polaroid somewhere. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll find something. I'll ask my folks. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, all right, this question is in honor of uh, the season premiere of House of Dragons yesterday. I don't know if either of you guys watched it, the spinoff of Game of Thrones. But what would you say is your favorite TV series? There's so many. It, it all depends on, you know, I mean, everyone's probably going to say The Office. That's probably what I've watched the most in terms of favorite. But I have so many different ones that I have a different hobby of. I love Curb. I'm a huge Curb fan um, just because so much of the silliness you see there, I feel now is the most relatable uh, conversation you have with any random stranger ever. Uh, just like the random situations that come up there are what comes up in every day. So I, I think Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably my 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 new favorite now. I'd say The Office was there. I loved 24 growing up. Um, it was such a brand new show when it came out that kind of every hour was an episode in real time. Uh, I love the concept. There's just so many that were like, this is my new favorite. This is my new favorite. And it all just depends on mood. There's just so many good ones out there. And that's uh, in, in 24. Is that Jack Bauer? Is that the, yep. yeah, I'd say he, he's got to go down as one of the top, the top, um, whether it's TV series or movie characters, just like all around, all around human. He always, always laughed listening to him and he could whenever do he yelled at you, yelled, <laughs> damn it, or yelled at you to open the gate that person was going to open up the gate. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just so intimidating. So, uh, yeah, no, but it was just, it was great. It was like right when I was starting university or college and um, it came out at the right time. And it was such a brand. It was the first TV show that felt like a movie that I ever watched. All the other TV shows felt like they were made for TV. This felt like, a, uh, uh, this was shot like a movie that just happened to be on TV in 2001. That was very revolutionary. Yes, yeah, it was good. And and what I can't remember her name now. Uh Dion Phaneuf's wife. Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia yes. Cuthbert. Yeah, she was big in that too. Yeah. There you go, a little Toronto Maple Leaf tie in there. Um <laughs> okay, last question for you here. Um it's made me think about it this morning because my one kid had a had a bagel, the other one had a uh, waffle sandwich. Um what, what what's your idea breakfast, breakfast sandwich vessel? So I don't know, you said you'd listen to one of the podcasts. I don't think I had uh Ask this question the last one but your options unless you have different options are bread english muffin bagel croissant biscuit or uh wrap tortilla 
Wow. Waffle will be fine, yeah. I forgot that there's six different cargo options. There might be eight. Uh, uh, we, we, yeah. We have, um, you, you can lettuce wrap it, too, if you'd like. You can do it on a donut, too, if you really wanted to. To me, if it's a bagel, it's got to be a Montreal bagel. Like, they are the best bagels <laughs> out there, known to man, and I do love Montreal bagels. So if a Montreal bagel is available, that is number one to me. Croissant is a close second. Those are the two. The other stuff, I've never been a breakfast sandwich person. I know um, at our local coffee shops, that they're, they're very popular for people to get in the morning, but I just, I can't do it. Um, croissant is just great, um, just because it's soft, but... Yeah, the Montreal bagels, the sweet taste of that Montreal, like the sweet, the the, the water that they use in there is from the ocean and uh, <laughs> or, or from the St. Lawrence or whatever. And for some reason, the bagels taste better. There's actually a place in Toronto that makes them near me um, that actually brings in the water from Montreal to make sure they taste the same. And it's incredible. So, um, yeah, it, Montreal bagel for the win, number one for me. For hey, wait, wait, you're a big New York guy, too. Where do, where do you rank Montreal bagels and New York bagels? New York bagels are good, but they're not, they just, they don't quite have the same. I love, I love, it's identical, but they don't have the same thing for bagels like Montreal does. But that's where New York rocks it in pizza because they use that same, that same dough processing for their, for their, uh, for their pizza. And that's why New York pizza is number one to me. But yeah, um, you know, I haven't really had enough New York bagels like more than a couple times. I'm sure it's gotten better, but I got to get back to New York. And when I do for the next leaf trip, I'm going to make sure I have some New York bagels on your behalf. No, 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 no one's more jealous when I'm in New York than you. Well, the vice versa. You're there <laughs> yeah. now. I, 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 I was. I, I did spend two, two separate trips to, to New York in the past week and a half. Uh, you know, according to my Instagram timeline, you were there. So. Yes. <laughs> well, I'd say I'd want to drink the water from the St. Lawrence just about as much as I'd want to drink the water from the Potomac. It's not not something I really enjoy doing. Well, but... they filter it, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but something about the, the piping and like the reason why those taste the way they do is because of where the water comes from. It's why when people try to replicate New York pizza somewhere else, it, it just doesn't work because it's not the same water that they use to start the dough process. Yeah. Well, fair enough. makes sense. I hear that that's big in, in, in whiskey making as well, but quick, quick, funny bagel story is I had my buddies come out and visit, um, when we were playing in New York one year and, uh, I, I didn't have enough time to do this, but I wanted these specific bagels from this place in Brooklyn. So I asked them before they, before they left, cause they were going to drive from New York to, to DC before you guys leave, do you mind just stopping in? You got to get there probably fairly early and and grab me a half dozen or a dozen of these bagels, whatever whatever you can get. So they said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> they ended up staying out till 4 a.m. And they barely made it in time to get these bagels for me, put them in the car, showed up at the house, and they go to open up the trunk. And the bagels are literally everywhere in the trunk. They just like oh, no. put the open, they were so hungover. They just put the bag down. So it flew over and they all had like, fuzz from the back of the trunk and then oh. i think of the dozen bagels like four or five survived and they did lost all the toppings and stuff so i still I don't think, have to get back. you know you can defuzz clothes i don't think you can defuzz a bagel like no that. it's not the same no i don't, I don't <laughs> like the fuzzy flavor <laughs> uh okay all right that's six um let me quickly tally you up here 
I like that your answer with the bagel or croissant. It's nice, although I do think breakfast sandwiches, bagels are more just a spread versus uh, toppings in there. But croissant's really nice. Curb is hilarious. Good job, yellow birthday cake. Hold, Sally. But the perfect answer to question number one with future, <laughs> that that really kicks it into high gear right there. And it's going to bump you up to uh, 232 points. Which That's really high gets, up. It gets you wow. really high. Yeah, it's uh, it just passes John Calvano, which we just had recently, who was up there. And it puts you, I think it puts you into the top five. And it's at least it's at least top five. This might be this might be top three. This is S tier. So yes. you know what? In, in that case, I need to see a like a an S tier graph with all the scores and. You know. I, I, we, just, we just need to update the standings. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's Carl's got wow. the board. You can, anyone wow. can read that, but I'll, I'll, I'll put you in there and I'll, and I'll uh, start to, to order them a little bit because it is, it's starting to get a little messy here. There's a lot of, a lot of players that are in the hundred point range, so you're definitely an, an elite company. Better, better than what the Leafs have done. Uh, I try to try to excel and uh, try to be critical when I need to be critical, and um, yeah, like that, that. That's why you know what I could, I could have gone for the score, Ben. I knew Sully was going to bring me down in that. But I wasn't about going for the win. I was going about being for honesty here. So, well, Alter's winning more playoff series than the Leafs already, uh, at least in the last <laughs> decade. Two, sorry, two decades. Um, uh, thanks for joining us, Carl. I, I'm sure we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk some, some folks later this week some more when, when the Capitals get to training camp. We got to go over this list and like make a real standings too, right? Like yeah. at some point when we like actually list this one to however many guests we've had who've done this and figure out who's actually the worst at this. Oh yeah, I'll turn it into a whole top gear ranking system, and, and everyone will have their uh, have their spot in history. It'll be good. Yes. Well, Alter, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listening to us on All Caps, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.